Welcome to another portfolio profile episode of the Tech Meme Ride Home. We're going to talk today to another company that the Ride Home Fund is invested in, but this is uh, a new field for us. This is the first uh, crypto and Web3 company that um, I've been able to share with you. Uh, we're going to talk today to the founder, one of the founders of Mesha, um, Tahem Verma. Uh, Tahem, thanks for coming on uh, the show to talk about Mesha. Of course, Brian. My pleasure. Super excited to be here. So uh, give me the sort of two-minute uh, top level. What are you guys up to? Uh, what is the product? Uh, what, what, are we, what are we creating here? Yeah, of course. Uh, so at Mesha, we're building the financial stack for Web3 organizations, such as DAOs and other Web3 startups. So what we do is we provide a simple, super easy to use treasury and expense management tool that helps teams scale their financial operations. So the best way to think of it is, let's say you are a Web3 startup with crypto assets. You come to our product to help manage those assets, custody in a secure multi-sig wallet, being able to access DeFi to be, and diversify your tokens or earn yield, uh, getting really interesting insights into your finances, and then finally, uh, expense management, which includes a corporate card program. So the best way to think of it, almost in essence, is that we are like a crypto-native bank and card program for you. So let, let's deal with the the last of those first, um, because I feel like this is maybe uh, the easiest analogy for people to understand. Um, one of the sponsors of the show right now is Ramp, uh, which you know does a similar thing in terms of um, providing uh, corporate cards and and expense management and cards and things like that. So, is it too cute to say that this aspect of it is sort of Ramp, but for uh, Web three? I think uh, there's an angle where we could say, mm -hmm. yeah, we are similar to Ramp in that sense. We love Ramp, and I think like what they've done is amazing to the point that we've been uh, customers of them in the past. Uh, where we differ is that one, obviously, we're super focused on Web3 native teams. Uh, that means both in terms of the fact that we would underwrite you based on your decentralized wallet rather than your fiat bank account, uh, but also that we are global. Uh, Ramp obviously focuses on US teams. And then finally is the fact that what we really solve for also is the fact that you can uh, pay in fiat using your credit card, but you can pay back your balance in crypto. So we really have designed this program uh, to bridge uh, the fiat requirements for crypto native teams. So it, it allows crypto native teams to, to function in both worlds, even as you're um, you know, building in, in the Web3 world, you still um, have that sort of channel and the ability to manage finances with your feet in both worlds, essentially. Yeah, exactly. I think uh, one of the uh, illusions that a lot of uh, early Web3 teams have and it gets shattered really quickly is the fact that a lot of the world is still sitting in traditional fiat uh, rails. And so even if you've got a multi-million dollar treasury that's uh, sitting in crypto, there are a lot of bills that will come in fiat, AWS, Facebook ads, uh, but also just a variety of different vendors. And that process for a lot of teams to convert that crypto to fiat as an organization is super tiresome, super complicated, and really expensive also. So like a great example is we, you know, we were speaking to a team yesterday itself, and it takes them four to five days to transfer the money from a crypto account to their fiat bank account. Uh, it's super expensive. So they lose one to 2% on the conversion. And so by the time they're done, like they've just wasted a lot of like manpower and money just to pay a simple bill. And we're trying to solve for that so that it becomes just easier and then lets them focus on what they actually signed up to do, which is build. Um, so obviously, I mean, you know, 
again, to use ramp as an example, there's sort of expense management and ramp uh, as well. So using corporate cards and things like that. But let's talk more about the the treasury management stuff. So feeding into that also, managing your team's funds can also mean managing the overall projects funds, like the treasury that the um, the project has, um, the ability to move those funds around, uh, swap tokens, but also invest in DeFi to earn yield and things like that. Um, so what, what again, uh, is the idea to build sort of like a uh, a full service like treasury management platform that allows um, a, a project to do all of the financial stuff that they need to do uh, in the Web3 Rails? Yeah, 100%. Uh, so one of the unique parts of Web3 is that even the smallest team can access treasury, which is historically in, tra- uh, in TradFi, as we would call it, or traditional finance, been the realm of larger corporates. So if you are a team and you're holding, you know, crypto uh, assets, you can use our product to one, just hold it. Uh, We sit on Gnosis Multisig, which is a multi-signature wallet that's used by all the largest uh, teams. Uh, But two, you can then use that for payments, uh, making it really easy to just, you know, pay your vendors or pay your employees or your DAO members. And then uh, accessing DeFi. So if you need to make token swaps, which is a really helpful tool if you're earning in a a non-stable currency. So let's say you earn in Ethereum, obviously that price fluctuates, you want to convert it to a stable coin, having a really simple, easy to do process. That's what we try to do for you. Uh, Secondly, uh, if you want to be able to invest in uh, yield generating strategies, especially in today's bear market, being able to even earn one to one and a half percent on your assets can extend your runway by months. And we provide all of these under one hood so that you don't need to go and like seek out each protocol, like navigate the world of Web3. And finally, because we are providing all that under one roof, we can provide you with like really easy to understand analytics of like what money is coming in and what money is going out. So I'm assuming that um, there's integration with all the major DEXs and things like that to allow this sort of thing? Exactly. So we have uh, integrations with all the leading DeFi protocols from Uniswap to SushiSwap to also... Uh, yearn so you can access uh, yield generating strategies as well our goal really is that we don't need to make those a lot of those decisions of having to figure out what's like the decks to go to or what's the you know the DeFi protocol to access uh, by us providing everything under the hood you're able to access it and make an informed decision um explain to me the dao angle um is there sort of push button tools for launching DAOs, or are you focusing on on management primarily yeah, so we focus much more on the management side. Uh, being able to spin up a DAO is at this point like largely been solved for mm-hmm. many, uh, many amazing teams are doing that. Where we come in and we speak to like a lot of DAOs about this is the fact that like whatever problems a Web3 startup is facing, a DAO is facing that times 10 uh, from a coordination issue, but also just from the fact that DAOs have even more difficulty opening accounts, things like that. So we're trying to simplify their lives as well, helping them understand their finances, managing... Uh, everything from even a simple thing like a spending limit so that you can give uh, spending limits to different DAO members so they don't, they don't need to like a proposal to approve every single transaction that needs to go to every single person. So making life easier for them is a really core aspect of us because we're super bullish that DAOs will be the future of Web3, but helping them actually, again, like focus on what they're building or trying to solve for rather than spending six hours a day trying to like figure out, you know, approvals for sending $25 to someone. That's important from our end. Well, this is one of the things that I'm so excited about with what you're doing, because, you know, one of the 
<clears throat> one of the things that I've said on the show many times is that um, uh, Web3 is still so abstract for uh, normies and consumers, but that that doesn't even get to the fact that to build successfully in Web3, we, we need to uh, abstract away all of the complications that are involved in just uh, creating something uh, in Web3. So I, I like this idea of, you know, sort of uh, taking away all of those layers of complication uh, and making it simpler uh, to, like you said, build basically, right? Yeah, that's a really good point. I think one of the interesting things we've seen is that when we speak to a lot of Web2 founders who have migrated to Web3 is that all the things that they took for granted, um, either as, you know, as a startup founder or as a DAO member, uh, they're now experiencing like that in its most, as you mentioned, abstract or fundamental form as a problem in Web3, which is because it's not been solved for yet. And so things like making payments or, you know, even something like a mass payout is just an, is a fairly new phenomenon for a lot of teams to be able to do. Scheduling payments, all these things that you take for granted are still being figured out in Web3 in a really easy to use intuitive way. And because it's so early, a lot of things are fragmented, you know, like one protocol is solving for one thing and another protocol is solving for another. And as a team, like, you know, you didn't sign up to like have to spend most of your time trying to find solutions for daily operations. You've, you've signed up to like solve for a specific problem. And so these kind of daily financial operations, we're trying to bring it all together so that you can just, again, focus on running your organization, running your DAO. And that's really what we hope to do so that we can actually expand the Web3 ecosystem. Uh, what about NFTs? Uh, what sort of uh, platform tooling um, uh, are you guys working on for the NFT space? Yeah, we actually do it in both uh, uh, on two different paths. So we have a lot of NFT projects who are using us um, to manage their treasuries and their financial stack. Uh, we help them do a bunch of different really interesting things. One of the unique things that we help them with is just helping track their royalty income. So again, going to that abstract angle, like just the fact that if you earn 5% of every sale on your nft that everyone's using like google sheets stuff to track you know what their income is and as you can imagine if an nft is being flipped 35 times over that's a lot of like rows on your spreadsheet that you've got to track so if we automate that entire experience so that they just have an easy way of understanding like look this is how much i earned this week on uh royalties uh but on the flip side for a lot of DAOs and all who are holding nfts we provide them with a really simple way of purchasing nfts we're integrated with OpenSea uh as well uh, but also just being able to view their NFTs, understanding you know, what's the current uh, potential uh, rarity and other analytics on the NFT. And so we just, again, we see an NFTs as an asset rather than just a collector's item. So it needs to be part of that financial stack for a lot of uh, DAOs. And so we need to provide those insights as well as an easy way to manage them. But where are we on the development uh, right now in the sense of, you know, are we still very much sort of an alpha where you're, you're working with teams and it's like, um, hey, what what would you like to see us build for you? Or is, are, are we fully mature at this point? Basically, I'm asking, are we still learning and still uh, sort of refining the product? Or do you feel like you're, you're mature and fully going to market at this point? Uh, that's a great question. I think no matter what stage we are at, we'll always be learning and refining the product. I think that's when you get stagnant. Uh, but we are in a very early public beta. So we're just starting to onboard projects. We've just opened the doors uh, for teams to be able, for Web3 startups and DAOs to be able to sign up. 
uh, we've been working closely with a bunch of DAOs and Web3 startups to get their insights and help build products for them. But we're still at a really unique uh, phase of the product development where when users come to us and say, hey, like, you know, I have this problem, we're able to like incorporate that into a roadmap pretty easily if it's important, uh, it's an important problem to solve uh, because, you know, we're like not ossified as an organization yet. So it's still a really good time for teams to come to us and say, hey, I have this unique problem. And if we can solve for it, we would love to. If I if I were such a team listening to this right now and I was interested in finding out more, what's the quickest way to uh, get in touch with you and start working with you? Uh, the easiest way to get in touch with us is either through Twitter uh, or Discord. Uh, we are a traditional Web3 team in that sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so you can find us on Twitter at Mesha Club or on Discord, or you can like just contact us by our website, which is Mesha.club. Mesha.club. Um, uh, that's M-E-S... H A no, I'm sorry. M E S H A dot club. Yes. Um, so let me ask you about you a little bit or, or your team, if you don't want to get so personal, but, um, what's been your personal journey in crypto and web three and, or, um, is this your first rodeo founding uh, a company? Uh, just give me a little bit of your background, uh, on, on all the things. Yeah, of course. Um, so a bit about me is that I actually grew up in Dubai in the early days. So it was a fascinating experience to actually watch a city be built in front of you. I think that mm. informed a lot of my life choices. Uh, one of the really interesting parts of Dubai, which I now look back at, is that it was a very cosmopolitan like melting pot of cultures. And that has really informed my like worldview of like that things should be borderless. And so as you can imagine, that there's that affinity to Web3 right there. Uh, after Dubai, I moved. I went to the U.S. to study at Penn, and very soon after graduating, I moved to India to actually start my first startup. I co-founded it with uh, my college roommate uh, called Anguru. It was a tech startup that teaches you English in a mobile app, so the, literally the inverse experience of Duolingo. Uh, if you spoke French, we would teach you English through French. Uh, you know, it's a fan, it's just an amazing experience. One learned how to build a product to scale. We were able to get millions of users, and we successfully exited. But also, this was still in the early days of the Indian startup ecosystem. So you really learned a lot of things. And you, you become a very gritty founder in that sense. There's a lot of things that you take mm. for granted in Silicon Valley. India didn't have in those early days. Um, after the exit, I uh, came back to the US. And it was actually in New York that I met my current co-founder, Gaurav, who is the CTO of Mesha. And when we started working together, we were trying to solve for borderless fintech as a whole in terms of different angles. And many bruises and pivots later, we are here where we are today, which is mm-hmm. Mesha. And, you know, we've just managed to build just an amazing team of people um, from uh, some of the largest uh, scaling fintechs across across Asia, across Asia, sorry. Um, and I'm just super excited to be uh, working with a lot of, our, uh, a lot of my teammates. Uh, we're all remote, uh, but what's really inspiring in some ways is the fact that everyone is so excited about Web3 that, you know, every problem that we face is like actually met as like a learning opportunity as a team. And I, I know that may sound cliched, but it's like a weekly experience to like come across an infrastructure problem in web three. So, well, you know, that that was actually going to be my next question because, um, as I, as I said, this is the first portfolio company in the web three space, um, that we've featured on the show. And, you know, I'm very much a web two founder myself, web two era, 
being a, a founder in tech is all about always being nimble and staying ahead of how things are evolving. And my sense is, is that in the crypto space and Web3, that it's that is true times five or 10 or a thousand. So I'm just curious if you had any sort of learnings or advice or insight for someone that wanted to uh, found a company in Web3 just in terms of, like you said, you're, you yourself have had multiple pivots. Um, when the space is changing and evolving so much because it's still so early that, you know, there aren't necessarily well-trodden paths for a lot of things yet. What's your advice for staying on top of such a dynamic space as a founder and being like, okay, this is where we're going to plant our flag. This is where we think we should plant our flag. And then, oh no, six months from now, we got to plant it over here. What, what's your advice to someone founding in this space? Uh, yeah, it's a really good point. Um, I think it's changing and evolving at such a rapid pace, uh, especially because you know it's early still, is the fact that you can't all have a full handle on it. You've just got to like know your stream and try your best to like uh, be as up-to-date as possible. Uh, but being up-to-date as possible means like you have to spend a significant time of your day like ensuring that you're up to date. Uh, but I think what advice we've given in the past as well uh, to other Web2 founders is just first do a sanity check on whether or not this needs to be a Web3 project and whether or not you are okay with the core principles of Web3. Um, I think we're seeing a lot of migration of like founders and teams to Web3 without appreciating the ethos of why Web3 exists from decentralization to like censorship resistance. Um, these core principles, if you're not okay with it and you just want to be like a founder who controls like 60% of super voting shares and things of like that, then it's not the best space for you to be in. You need to accept the core principles because if you don't want the, the it's so community driven at this point that the community will see through you. That's one. But then two, like you could just build this product in web two. Like people will understand that you're trying to just do a cash grab if you're doing that. So we are really, I really suggest these things. And that that's a, a mental framework shift in how you build. Uh, it's very much a community first. You need to be transparent. Uh, you're building with your community rather than here, I'm building it and like now go like use my product. So go to market. All these things are very different. And it's a, it even took us, a lot of our team and even me a bit, a lot of, a, you have to like change the way you view product development and your mental frameworks that you've been taught for the last 10 years working at like big tech, for example. When you go through airport security, there's one line where the TSA agent checks your ID and another line where a machine scans your bag. The same thing happens in enterprise security, but instead of passengers and luggage, it's end users and their devices. These days, most companies are pretty good at the first part of the equation where they check user identity, but user devices can roll right through authentication without getting inspected at all. In fact, 47% of companies allow unmanaged, untrusted devices to access their data. That means an employee can log in from a laptop laptop that's had its firewall turned off and hasn't been updated in six months or worse, that laptop might belong to a bad actor using employee credentials. Collide finally solves the device trust problem. Collide ensures that no device can log into your Okta-protected apps unless it passes your security checks. Plus, you can use Collide on devices without MDM, like your Linux fleet, contractor devices, and every BYOD phone and laptop in your company. Visit collide.com slash ride to watch a demo and see how it works. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash ride.
Want a better way to simplify your business finances across expenses, vendor payments, and accounting? If so, Ramp could be a complete game changer. Ramp is the corporate card and spend management software designed to help you save time and put money back in your pocket. Ramp gives finance teams unprecedented control and insight into company spend. With Ramp, you're able to issue cards to every employee with limits and restrictions and automate expense reporting so you can stop wasting time at the end of every month. Ramp's accounting software automatically collects receipts and categorizes your expenses in real time so you don't have to. You'll never have to chase down a receipt again, and your employees will no longer spend hours submitting expense reports. The time you'll save each month on employee expenses will allow you to close your books eight times faster. Ramp's also saves you money. Businesses that use Ramp save an average of 5% the first year. Ramp is easy to use. Get started, issue virtual and physical cards, and start making payments in less than 15 minutes, whether you have five employees or 5,000. And now, get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com slash techmeme. Ramp.com slash techmeme. R-A-M-P dot com slash techmeme. Uh, let's Let's zoom out to the macro for a little bit. Um, I, I, I think it's sort of undeniable that on some level we're in a crypto winter. And yet, this is not my first crypto winter uh, as an observer and even a participant. Uh, when when the, the whole DeFi boom, uh, not DeFi, but um, uh, ICO boom uh, sort of went away, like people sort of went underground. Like I stopped hearing from uh, new projects and new teams and things like that for a while and then they came roaring back this time even though you look at the market prices and market caps and things are down but there is at least from my perspective been almost zero sort of cooling in terms of the energy in terms of new projects that i'm hearing in terms of new investments in the space um from from your perspective um what do you feel like the health is of the crypto space generally? Uh, am I right in in feeling like even if things are more difficult than they were maybe a year ago, um, there's there's still a lot of activity and a lot of of energy. You're working with a lot of these teams, right? Oh, 110%. Yeah. So one of the unique aspects of our like where we stand as an organization is that we are working with a lot of these teams. So we're at that tip of the spear of seeing what's happening. And the energy is actually compounded in some ways. I think if you look at the last year, especially with a lot of the news around NFTs and all, that's what you were largely hearing about, you know, like NFTs and things like that. And now that the retail market, like the retail investing market has kind of cooled, you're hearing just nonstop building. And I, I said this to someone the other day, actually, that it feels like every day a new project is being launched. So like the amount of like activity that's happening on the startup building developer side is just unbelievable. You go to meetups, you go to conferences, they're still packed. There's still like a lot of energy there. And really what's happening is that people are just really heads down in some ways and just like building and pushing out products. And it's a really exciting time. I feel more inspired now. I mean, obviously like my token portfolio is not doing so well, but apart from that, you can just see the fact that like teams are really focused on like building for different use cases. Um, and there's just a lot of energy in the space. And we're seeing that almost every day that different teams are either starting up or they're pushing out new products. And the, the rate of development has like actually increased in some ways because of the renewed focus on actual like product. Again, you guys, like you said, are sort of at the tip of the spear and seeing, you know, what the new projects and the new energy is. Um, again, from sort of 
not as deep in this uh, clearly as you are. There was this ICO moment and then a winter and then things came roaring back with DeFi. Are you, is there any sort of direction just broadly? I'm not asking you to like name names, but like, is there something new on the horizon? Like what's the new sort of space that is like DeFi that you feel like there's a lot of energy around or that maybe you're excited about? Uh, yeah, I think we're seeing it in uh, one or two interesting areas, at least a lot of teams that we've seen uh, trying to solve for. So one is uh, on the gaming side, which is obviously not news to anyone, but there's a lot of interesting work happening there. Um, and then secondly, on like the intersection of DAOs and social, we're seeing a lot of interesting where people are helping with DAO discovery or understanding you know, what's the right DAO to join. And one tangent on that is that we're seeing a lot of teams start up as decentralized organizations themselves. So like they're already starting up as DAOs or as collectives rather than being a founding team that then becomes a DAO in some ways. So we're seeing a lot of really interesting activity there where just, you know, staying true to the core principles of Web3. And um, I would say the final thing that we're, we've seen a bunch of projects in the last few months is uh, around like what you would call B2B solutions, which are helping other teams either with API development or with, you know, payroll and things like that, even HR uh, managing just the basic nuts and bolts of a business. Uh, we're seeing a lot of activity there. Uh, one more, and this is kind of personal, but you mentioned it earlier, and it's, I didn't even have this as a question, but it's something that I've wondered about myself. You said, you talked earlier about how, you know, to be in the space, you always have to sort of stay on top of it and spend a, a large portion of your time making sure you know where the the new stuff is and the and the energy is. Um, so, sort of advice to me or anyone else that wants to try to be better at staying on top of the space. Like, do you have any best practices? What are the tools? What are the things that you do um, aside from the insight that you gain by working with uh, new teams? Wh what what do you do to to stay on top of this space? Yeah, you need to spend 23 hours a day on Twitter, basically. Um, uh, Twitter is actually fascinating in the, for uh, Web3 and crypto in the sense that you, there's a lot of activity happening there, discussions, Twitter spaces. These are all really helpful places to be. And then the second is, again, Discord or like real-life meetups. Uh, Discord, if you join the right uh, servers, you'll find a lot of interesting activity and conversations happening there. Um, but I would say if you're just starting out and trying to figure out what's going on in the space, Twitter will give you a very good overview, uh, rather than like your traditional media outlets. Well, spending 23 hours a day on Twitter. Um, I, I knew there was a reason why I'm qualified to <laughs> pay attention to this space. Um, so let, let's, let's end by, um, you know, uh, to get involved again, um, uh, Mesha.club, M-E-S-H-A dot club. Um, do you have any asks? Like, again, even if people aren't in the space or are interested in getting involved, or if there are teams obviously listening right now um, that that feel like uh, they could work with you, what, what would you like uh, to ask of the audience or tell the audience um, uh, uh, to get involved? Yeah, of course. So the first is the fact that you know, we are hiring and we're a growing team. If you are excited by the space and what we're building, we would love to talk to you. Uh, you have the opportunity not only to help build an organization, but an, an entire ecosystem. So it's actually a really exciting opportunity there. 
Um, and secondly, if you are a team uh, that's building in Web3, we'd love to talk to you and just understand your pain points and how we can solve them. And yeah, those are, I would say, our asks. Well, and I would underline that last one. In my mind, to not be too reductive about it, one of the reasons why I invested is because I feel like this is a solid picks and shovels play that if you want to found in the space in the same way that in the Web2 era, um, we now know like you, you, you do a startup and you pick these five or six pieces off the shelf and before you know it, You've got HR running, you've got, you know, uh, back end, front end running, all this stuff. I feel like solving for that in Web3 space is something that's going to be very powerful. So if there are teams looking to launch, struggling with launch, struggling for traction or whatever, um, get in touch and uh, I think Misha will help you out. And um, uh, also hires, tell them Brian sent you because uh, the, the Mutant Podcast Army has a lot of smart people in it. So... Um, Tam, thanks for, uh, coming on and telling us all about that. And, uh, I love Misha and I'm, I'm really excited about this. And, and I, I, I love being involved in this space in a way that I fundamentally understand, which is just helping people build. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, it's a privilege to just like see what's happening, uh, and help other builders just focus on building. And it's actually inspiring for us as a team, because whenever you're having a difficult day, which you do as a startup, you can just see what you're helping uh, and you see what's happening in the ecosystem around you and back at it, you go. 